You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Today's episode is episode 40. Whoop, whoop. We are going to be still in Arusha, Tanzania. <laughs> and this episode is basically... An episode about patience and frustration about booking my six-day trek up Mount Kilimanjaro. I was debating whether to include this episode or not in it because it's just ridiculous, which is why I decided to include it. <laughs> I mean, you've come with me this far, so, you know, you gotta take the good with the bad, just like I did. Okay, we're only going to be traveling about 50 miles on uh, this episode, taking us up to about 50, or 17,570 miles on the 30,000 mile trip. Okay, so as I said, we are in Arusha, Tanzania. Well, I am, <laughs> but you come with me. So we are. Arusha is basically the capital of Tanzania for booking safaris and trekking Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Meru. But it's a cool little town and there's lots of travelers. So it's a great little traveler's hub, basically. And I am reunited with Claire because we, we thought we'd gone our separate ways, but we just happened to be back in Arusha at the same time together for one more day before she heads off back to Nairobi, before she flew back to England. And I am, like I said, trying to book my trek to up Mount Kilimanjaro. So it's day 244. I am up early at 6.30 as usual. I still wasn't 100% sure I was going to do Kili, short for Kilimanjaro, because minimum would have cost me 300 US dollars. And I, at this point, I only had 500 US dollars in travel checks and I still had to get to Cape Town. So still quite a ways to go. I mean, I did have two credit cards with a thousand bucks Canadian on each. So it wasn't as bad as it seemed, but I was still debating. So I thought, well, I'll go for a walk on my own for a bit and, and really think about this. Decided, yes, screw it. I'm going to do it, which is what I really recommend to you. Like, I'm all about traveling on budget. I still am to this day because I much travel, travel longer and experience cool things than pay fortune for hotels and things like that. So if there is something you really, really want to do, do it. Put it on the credit card. You'll sort that out later. Because you might tell yourself, oh, I'll be back again one day. No, you probably won't. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen in the future. So seize the day, as they say, carpe diem, and do it. You do not want to regret missing out on things that you could have done. All right, so that's my little blurb on that. Screw it, I'm going to do it. You know, I'd met too many other travelers who loved it. Claire did it, and she loved it. And I've never climbed, like, a mountain this big before. And I'd been the day before checking on different tour companies to try and get prices and like I said I wanted to pay about 300 bucks for six days because at the time you could do a five or a six day trek the six day just gives you an extra day to climatize and you have another day walking I might as well do the six days and get an extra day up there 
So I went back, got Claire, took her to the Y, my favorite brekkie place. <laughs> good old YMCA. Whoop, whoop. Because it's cheap and cheerful and good. I had breakfast, told her my plan. She was like, yeah, I think that's great. You definitely should do it. So after breakfast, we went to the conference center because I'd found a place called Pelican Tours the day before. He agreed to, to do the six days for 300 bucks. So I go to book it and pay for it. And he's like, oh, well, the people you're going to go with, they're not going anymore. So you can't go tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> Here we go again. This is reminding me of my Gorgor Crater Safari nightmare episode before. <sighs> so I was like, back to square one. Here we go again. Claire and I left and we went to meet the girl Miriam, who she climbed Mount Muir with, you know, the days before. Because I thought, well, maybe she might want to climb Kilimanjaro and we could do that together. Because I just couldn't do it by myself, basically, because they have to pay for porters and all that stuff. So you had to have, I think it was a minimum of two or three people minimum. I asked her and she was like humming and hawing. Pretty much what she did with Claire about Mount Muru, but she did actually do it. So I'm like, okay, maybe she'll do it. And then later on that day, I bumped into Stanley, who was my guy from Pelican Tours. And he said, oh, I found three people that want to climb Kilimanjaro leaving in two days. Hey, that sounds great. They only want to do a five-day trek. He goes, but I'll see if I can work something out. He's like, I'll get back to you. It's about, it's about three in the afternoon. And then I met up with my friends Louise and Izzy, who I'd met when I was on my own for a couple of days in Rusha. Claire came with me to meet them and really lovely English girls as well. We had a couple of drinks. And then there was a bunch of people that I ended up knowing in Arusha. Another guy, Peter, who I'd met, Claire and I had met in Navasha in Kenya about two months prior. Basically, a whole group of us got together that night for drinks at uh, Jumbo's Bar, which is a cool little bar back then, and just caught up. It was great. And it actually, Claire and I's real official last night <laughs> together after two months of traveling together, we had met in Nairobi. So we like, well, we have to celebrate. We'd gone through a lot of great things together. So we did. Up early the next morning, as usual, and I still didn't know what, what was happening with Kelly. I hadn't heard back from Stanley. Claire had bought her bus ticket, so she was going to Nairobi that about 10 o'clock in the morning, that morning. So we both packed up our bags because I was like, well, if Stanley doesn't come, gonna come through, I'm going to go to Mashi and just book my trekking from there because Mashi's the base of, of Kilimanjaro. So it's about 80, 80 kilometers from Arusha, where I was now. Just got to get out of Arusha now. I've been in Arusha about a week, so I got to get going. So we packed up. We went and had breakfast together. And then I walked to the bus station and she bought me two Cadbury chocolate bars. She's like, well, you have to save these until you reach Uhuru Peak, which is the very top of Mount Kilimanjaro, and then have those as your little reward. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Okay, thank you. So yeah, back in 93, you know, no emails or internet or <laughs> cell phones, Facebook, none of that. Promised we'd write each other letters and keep in touch. And, you know, if I was ever to come to England, that definitely come stay with her. And yeah, it was, it was quite sad. We had our, our last hug goodbye and wished each other well. And we're on our own, basically. Back then, I never thought that I would see her again, basically. Very slim chance. Well, uh, after this trip, so after 16 months, I ended up, we we did keep in touch via letters and I ended up moving to England and, and we got a, a two bedroom house together in Leeds, where her hometown, for six months. And then we moved to Cardiff because she got into post-grad journalism. We got a four bedroom house with two other people, two other students for about six months. And then I, and then I met another friend. I, I ended up moving to Brighton. I lived in Brighton, England for 20 years. 
But Claire and I still keep in touch occasionally and still friends. And yes, so crazy how one random meeting in Nairobi kind of completely changed my life. (laughs) Cheers, mate. (laughs) But did not know that back then, obviously. After I said goodbye to Claire, then I went and found Louise and Izzy, who I'd been hanging around with for the last few days, and said goodbye to them. And they again were like, well, if you ever come to London, England, where they're from, you know, here's our contact details. Definitely look us up, which I did as well (laughs) when I got to London. And then I found Peter and Caroline and said goodbye to them. So it was just like one after another. It was a pretty sad morning, basically. And I still don't know what was happening with Kilimanjaro. (laughs) Back to Pelican Tours to find Stanley. He's not there, but his partner, Alex, was there. Let's go jump in my Jeep and I'll we'll drive around and reach out and try and find Stanley. I'm like, okay. No mobile phones, remember? <laughs> we do that. We're driving around Arusha. Finally find Stanley. I'm like, Stan, like, what's happening, man? <laughs> and he's like, okay, yeah, no, I got it sorted. Got you six days for 300 bucks. He goes, so you just need to, f- to see if your friends will come, which is this Kiwi nurse who I'd met, Debbie, and her two friends, Carol and Andy, because they wanted to do Kelly for six days as well. I'm like, okay, great. So I find Debbie. Okay, well, I think Stanley's got it sorted. And she's like, okay, that sounds great. But Carol, still not back from, I think we're supposed to go the next day, actually. So it was for the next day to go to Kilimanjaro. Uh, Carol's still not back from her safari that she just went on. I guess their Land Rover broke down, so they had to stay another night. So she's still not back. So we got to wait to find out. I'm like, okay, so waiting for a few hours. And then finally, Carol gets back. Andy's there. So the four of us are together. And we're like, okay, let's. You know, are we going to do this Kilimanjaro track for the morning? And then they're humming and hawing, and Carol's like, oh, I'm just, you know, getting over this ordeal. So they thought they're, they'll probably stay the night in Arusha and then book it the next day and go the following day. So not going for two more days. And now by this time, it's like 530. I'm super annoyed because I could have just went to the Moshi and just did it on my own, met people there or joined another group to do it. See, this is why I love solo traveling. <laughs> you just don't have to rely on other people. <laughs> And besides this trip, the rest of my trips, 30 years of traveling, I've just done solo. It was only this trip that I traveled extensively with other people. Yes, it was becoming a pain in the ass, basically. (laughs) Especially when it was more than one. Like Claire and I, that was cool. It was two months. Casey and I, five months. And by the end of it, we were about to kill each other. But it was, you know, we still left on good terms. But this was like, now we're talking two, three, four people. It's like a nightmare. So then Stan shows up at the cafe when I'm like, oh, I just want to get the hell out of here. And he introduces me to his friend Kennedy, who happened to be the guy that Claire had arranged to get her transport to Mount Muru with. And he kind of screwed her over because he had told her it'd only be 5,000 shillings. So at the time, it was about 450 shillings to a US dollar. He said it'd only be 5,000 shillings to get from Arusha to Mount Muru. Well, the morning she got there, when they're just about to leave, he's like, oh, no, it's 15000 So three times the price. She kind of got screwed around and she was late getting to Mount Weir and all that jazz. So he was a pain in the ass. So I told him this story, right? I'm like, well, I know you. Or I know of you because my friend Claire, this is what happened. And he's like, oh, so apologetic. And then he explains about he was supposed to drop Claire and Miriam off on the way to dropping other tourists off to climb Mount Kilimanjaro because Mount Meru was on the way. And then the tourists bailed the last second, so we had to hire a private car, and that's why it's more expensive and blah, 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 right? So then, so do the four of you, me, Carol, Debbie, and Andy, do you want to book Kilimanjaro for tomorrow? And the three of them were like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. 
So then Kennedy works on me. He's like, well, I know of a Japanese guy and two Norwegians are coming from Nairobi. So you could go with the three of them and you can go tomorrow. But you, So you'd have to stay the night tonight in Arusha. But I will pay for your accommodation and your dinner tonight and breakfast tomorrow morning. And then I'll pick you up at 830 in the morning and I'll drive you all to Mashi to Kilimanjaro headquarters. And I'll also arrange to get your all your trekking gear that you need for $10. And I'll do it for six days for 300 bucks. The same what Stanley was going to do. I mean, I kind of just want to get to Mashi, but this was a pretty good deal because I was probably going to have to stay in Arusha. It was getting late anyways. I was like, okay, I'll take you up on that. I said, I'm not giving you any money tonight. I'll pay tomorrow. He's like, that's fine. That's cool. Got me a room and called Friends Corner Hotel. It was a nice room, single, comfort bed, mozzinet, all that. And it was only a thousand for a single. So I got settled in there, dropped my stuff off. Then I met my friends again, went for dinner. We had a really nice dinner and got back quite early because, you know, I wanted it to be fresh for the morning to Kilimanjaro and everything. And then Kenny rolled up to my hotel and he gave me 3,000 shillings. I only paid 1,000 for my room and 2,000 for dinner. So I'm like, okay, this is good. You know, he's sticking to his word, which after Nagorgo Crater, this was a novelty. The next morning, I got up again, as usual, 6.30. So it's day 246. I packed up. I went for my last breakfast at the Y, the good old Y. And Kenny was supposed to pick me up at 8.30 in the morning. Well, it's 9.15. He finally rocks up. He's like, oh, I'll be back in half an hour. Just stay here. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I knew it was too good to be true. Then he comes back and takes me to Alibaba Tours, which is his company, for me to pay. So I pay my 300 bucks. And then we picked up the Japanese guy who spoke no English. He just didn't really speak at all. And then Kennedy's like, oh, well, the Norwegian couple still haven't arrived from Nairobi. So I'm going to wait for them. And But you can go with my brother, Diwas, and the Japanese guy to the park headquarters near Mashi, and I will meet you there. Um, okay. Wasn't thrilled about that idea, but okay, fair enough. So his brother, Diwas, drove us. It's about 80 kilometers, so it takes about just under two hours to get from Arusha to Mashi. Get to the park headquarters around noon, and I see Debbie and, and Andy and Carol there. I'm like, oh, hey, how are you doing? They're like, yeah, cool. We've just, we booked in. We're about to start off. I go to check to see if we're booked in. We're not booked in. Uh, Dios, what's happening here, dude? The booking lady said, oh, we're fully booked for today and tomorrow. Although there is a group of trekkers that haven't arrived yet today. So you might still be able to go today. While I'm waiting, you know, while we're waiting for Kennedy to show up with the two Norwegians, I go to get all my trekking gear. It's very cold up at the top. I mean, it's 5,895 meters. So almost 30,000 feet at the very top. And it gets to minus 40 Celsius. Bloody cold. So I rented a big heavy jacket, a fleece, uh, some ski pants, gloves, ski gloves and balaclava. All that was $10. I still hadn't find hiking boots that fit me. So that was a bit of a thing. And then Kennedy said, you know, I'll get all your hiking gear, all of it for 10 bucks. So I, I pay, it was around $10. So that's so far so good, but still hadn't had my boots. And sadly, when we were at the base, we it was cloudy, so we couldn't see the, the top of Kili. So that kind of sucked as well. But I was going to spend six days on the mountain, so I'm sure I'd see it. <laughs> Three o'clock rolls around, still no Kennedy or Norwegians. 
Dios, what's happening, man? You know, remember, they have my 300 bucks now. I've paid. In the meantime, this guy comes over. He's like, oh, I found some hiking boots that might fit you. Well, they're like three sizes too big. <laughs> he's like, it's okay. I, I'll lend you three pairs of thick wool socks and they'll fit, which they did with three pairs of socks. <laughs> Not ideal. And they're like old fashioned heavy leather boots oh my god this is gonna be a nightmare you know i'm climbing the highest mountain i've ever climbed in my life one of the highest in the world it is the highest freestanding mountain in the world this is just not looking good man <laughs> so I'll get the boots sorted and then i'm like well dios you know we're hungry you know now i'm looking after the japanese guy because like i said he doesn't speak so or at least speak any english he didn't even say his name ever like it was just like okay it's kind of weird we're hungry it's you know after three o'clock we're supposed to have been on the mountain by now. And all our meals were included, right? Three meals a day. So he takes us to the restaurant. We had something quick to eat. Get back to the headquarters. It's now after 3.30. We go to check. Kennedy's not there. And the booking lady's like, yep, no, it's full. It's fully booked. Can't go today. Oh, I was pissed, man. I'm like, okay, DOS, what's going on? Okay, well, I'm going to get you guys accommodation in the youth hostel that was on site. And then buy you dinner and breakfast for tomorrow. And we just got to hope for the best for tomorrow because as far it was booked, as far as we know, it was booked for the next day as well. So it's like, this is absolute nightmare. Oh my God. Like, I can't believe this is back to back. <laughs> this is why I don't go on these uh, organized treks and safaris that often. Yeah, we go and he gets our bunks because I think they're like dormitories at the youth hostel. So bunk each, obviously. And he took us for dinner to all right restaurants. So that was all right. And we had dinner and then go back to the youth hostel. Well, electricity goes out at 7 p.m. There's nothing to do there. So basically just went to bed <laughs> and just hoped for the best for in the morning. So we went for breakfast and then Dismas came up to us and said, okay, hurry up and pack. There's a couple open spots to go today. Okay, so we did that. We'll get back to the headquarters. Still no Kennedy or Norwegians. <laughs> and I assumed that DOS had paid for my boots because I told them I wasn't paying for them. So I guess he paid for those. And then so DOS is like, okay, yeah, so you're going to go soon. Your porter's here and here's your permits. Well, the permits were for five days. I would paid for six days. DOS, no, I've paid for six days. I want to go for six days. I want that extra day. What the hell is this, man? He's like, oh, well, the second hut, there's three huts that everyone stays at, right? So there is only limited bunks in the huts available. And he said, the second bunk is fully booked. He goes, but if I can manage it to stay two nights there, then you you can. I'm like, it's not good enough, man. I am staying for six days, <laughs> like it or not. That's what's happening, basically. So make it work. <laughs> I was just super annoying because I was so excited about climbing Killy and I'd hummed and hawed about it so long and then I was finally doing it. And then just to have this shit show basically was just, yeah, it was super frustrating because instead of being super pumped and excited, I was just really annoyed and frustrated and angry. <laughs> it really kind of sucked, but we were about to leave. However, you're going to turn it into next week to hear about the actual trek. Sorry, I did squeeze this episode in in between because, like I said, it was just so ridiculous. I couldn't really exclude it. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I'd like to give you a little podcast update because I haven't done that for a while. And I just hit a kind of a big milestone for me 
recently. I have 5,200, well, over 5,200 downloads. So 5,000 downloads was a milestone for me. So I hit that. So thank you so much. And I also have listeners from 80 countries around the world, which is just amazing to me. It's just so cool. And that was another milestone to get more listeners from countries that I've been to. And I've been to 76 countries. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It makes it all worthwhile. So awesome. Thank you very much. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Okay, so like I said about Arusha, it is basically the place you go to book safaris, to whether it be Serengeti, Nagorgo Crater, or other nearby parks, as well as trekking for Mount Muru and Mount Kilimanjaro. And it's a great little place. Like it's a, it's a cool town. There's lots of great food there, which is also amazing, especially when you've been to a lot of countries I've been to where the food is not good at all. So I love Arusha. I I recommend it. Okay. And to get there, it's about two hours from Nairobi to drive or bus. And then from Arusha to Dar es Salaam, it's about 12 hours and you can get the train or drive or buses. I got the train. Like I said, Arusha is your best bet to book the safaris and treks. Okay, tip two is about Mashi, which is a it's a smaller place than Arusha, but similar vibe. And obviously it's the spot to book locally for climbing Kilimanjaro or Mount Muru. And it's about 80 kilometers. So it takes about two hours to get from Arusha to Mashi and about probably about an hour and a half from Nairobi to Mashi. Okay, and tip three is climbing Kilimanjaro. It's one of the seven world summits. So basically the highest mountain in each continent. It's the highest peak in Africa. So they also call it the roof of Africa as well, one of its nicknames. It's absolutely beautiful. It's breathtaking. And when I was back there in 1993, so I climbed it in September, so in autumn, which is a good time to climb. But the amount of glacier and snow on the peak compared to now, I'm sorry, if anyone denies climate change, just look at my photos of Kilimanjaro and Kili now. I mean, it's brutal. It's so sad. There's hardly any snow. There's I don't think there's any ice. And when I was there, it was a glacier. You know, it was frozen. Anyways, it's still a beautiful, beautiful mountain. I would really recommend it. It is a little pricier now. <laughs> so just for park fees alone, it's 800 US dollars per person. And then if you are organized trek, that includes your porters, your food, park fees, everything. But you can also now do anywhere between five and 10 days treks. And there's different hikes up. Killy as well that you want to do some are easier than others or it's not super easy <laughs> any trek to be honest it was pretty hard you know like I said this is the first really big mountain I climbed so you can do it but it, it's not super easy that's for sure anyways you're looking anywhere between two to four thousand dollars for kind of a budget trek like I said between five and ten days so up to you I'll talk a lot more about Killy on next week's episode so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way and for my solo female travelers shout out I would say if you think about well any safaris or trekking Mu or Kilimanjaro then yeah your best bet is to meet other travelers either in Arusha and Mashi and hook up with them and then go together and book it you can probably get a better deal too when there's you know a few of you you get to choose your trekking companion <laughs> <laughs> just have to hike six days with a guy who doesn't speak at all <laughs> and who knows where the norwegians are at this point <laughs> anyways okay so we'll see you next thursday safe travels one more at a time